Recording live from the Northeast Georgia Business Radio X studio, this is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon, and yeah, we're coming to you live from the beautiful Empower College and Career Center of Jackson County. I have with me a great guest. I'm not going to get any type of race with her. We're not going to do a foot race or even a bicycle race because I know I will lose. And those who know me know I hate losing. From Georgia High Low Trail, I have with me Mary Charles Howard. Mary, welcome to the Northeast Studio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Did I get all that in right? Yeah. Um, I'm really not that fast running, though, but biking. Oh, you've never seen me run? (laughs) If you can keep momentum up for like 10, 15 seconds, you win. We might be a race. It might be good. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. I have bad knees. Well, I do too. Knees, hips, ankles, uh, and everything else to match. I make exciting sounds when I move too fast. It's very crunchy. That's why I ride a bicycle. I don't blame you. I've graduated to the elliptical in my life. It's a good step. Yeah, it's a very smart step. (laughs) Or there wouldn't be any steps, literally. Georgia High Low Trail. What in the world is that? Right. So this will be the longest paved trail in the United States when we're finished with it. Continuous. Yes, right. How long is long? 211 miles. Oh, wow. Approximately right now. Yeah. Through what, 10 counties? I don't know. There's eight counties. Eight counties. So it picks up in Greene County where the Firefly Trail ends. Back up Firefly is in Athens, correct? That's right. So Firefly starts in downtown Athens and then it goes 39 miles to Union Point. And so Union Point's a tiny town. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I live in a small town, Sandersville, and I used to live in Athens. And when I moved from Athens, Back home to Sandersville with a one-year-old, and I recruited my husband to move to Sandersville. It was the smallest town he had ever been in, but we didn't realize we were moving home to Sandersville for our support system. Okay. Because we had a kid now, and then your priorities change. And oh, yeah. You Why make a list of, like, Athens versus small town, mm-hmm. and you think Athens is going to win out, but for us, that family support was just so heavy of what we needed. And so we moved to Sandersville, but we didn't consider until we were three months in we just left all our bike trails behind. And now there's nowhere to ride our bicycle because we always have a kid in tow. And you're not going to put a kid in a trailer and get out on a highway with 18 wheelers and dump trucks. And so I very quickly kept thinking about how close the end of the Firefly Trail was to my front door. It wasn't that far. And I thought, well, they should just bring that trail here to Sandersville. But why would anybody do that? Let's think about a real project that somebody would really do. And that's where I got the idea for the Georgia High Low Trail that would connect to the Firefly Trail and then take it all the way down to Savannah. Wow. So then in all, you could ride your bike from downtown Athens to Savannah. And now we've even discovered they've just repaired a trail that takes you out to Tybee Island. Oh, wow. Really? So you could ride your bike you to the ocean. You just keep on going. Yeah. Hit the water. You went too far. You went too far. Right. How about that? Yeah. That's a huge undertaking. Right. And a lot of people, yeah, they ask, I was just at an economic development conference last week and I was talking to people from Norfolk Southern and, you know, other people who build communities and they understand the trails. They're seeing a lot of trails these days, especially since COVID. But the question kept coming up every single person after I would say, 
the longest paved trail in the United States, they would say, well, why does it have to be paved? And that was the first time last week where I had kept getting that question over and over. My answer right away is it's a values thing for us. In small towns, you really don't have a lot of accessible features. You know, a lot of times the sidewalks don't have a handicap ramp where you could even continuously walk on a sidewalk Mm -hmm. without figuring out how to get off of the curb. Right, there's a curb. And there's just not a lot of services. I love Watkinsville having ESP, but if we can build a trail that's paved, people who aren't fully abled physically will be able to use this in their wheelchair, older people with, you know, a walker, mothers with babies who just need some mental health break and get out on a trail and push the stroller. So it's, it's, that's why it's so important that this be paved for all these small communities that we're going through. So it's not just for bicycles. Right. It's for everyone uh, that's walking, running, hiking, biking, even an e-bike, just non-motorized. So e-bike, you kind of have to throw that in there because that is motorized, but that's, that's allowed. Hybrid in between. Right. But in my ignorance, I didn't even think about someone perhaps in a wheelchair. Yeah. That's a big thing. One of our coaches, we have... Well, it's nice they can enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a program where we teach kids how to ride bikes, mm-hmm. and it comes oh, we're up... going to talk about that in a little while. Yeah. Well, I oh, mean, we are. one of our coaches, he has a um, daughter who only gets around in a wheelchair. Okay. But he has nowhere for her to go. Right. And so just in this one person that I know out of many, it's like, I'm building it for Andy and his daughter. Well, isn't it just having it paved? Isn't it just a little bit more classy? Well, the maintenance is much less expensive for our communities. When I go to these right. communities that are really really small and really don't have a lot of funding, they want to say no right off just because of the finances up, of up front it's going to cost. It's a million and a half a mile. Is it? And so yeah. you come to a small community and they say, "Well, how in the world is that ever going to happen?" Right. And then on top of it, we have to say, and then also you guys need to maintain it. But if we can build a concrete trail, that's very minimal maintenance. Mm-hmm. And you just got to leaf blow it, maybe mow the sides. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. So keep the landscape cleaned up. That helps us sell this to these small communities. And then we also help go out and get that funding so it is possible. Now, okay, the next obvious question was, how do you make that happen? You just said you fundraise. Yeah. A million and a half dollars coming out of a small town. You have to expand past that small town. I got to believe that. That's right. Yeah. Well, walk me through some of that. There's federal funding. Good. State funding. Right now, I have been consumed by, there's a DNR grant called the Georgia Outdoor Stewardship Program grant. And that is an ask of up to $3 million. So you consider it's a million and a half a mile. So we're going to ask, I'm right now, there's a deadline of October 13th. I'm going to ask the full $3 million. Why not? And that's getting about a mile and a half in one county and another mile and a half in another county. And these are counties that are close to each other. They're adjoining counties. But this would be to get model mile sections built so that right. these two counties, one of which is one of the poorest counties in the state of Georgia, can go ahead and see this trail, experience it. And those mile and a halfs won't be connected. But the idea is let's build it in the most populated area of these towns so that the people can start using it, understand what it is that's coming, right. get excited about it, and then we can build momentum. And then those as momentum grows, and we get more funding, those pieces just start to grow together. Absolutely. Start connecting dots. Right. Basically, segments. Right. That sounds like a handful. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm a landscape architect. That's my background. I was about to ask you what the background was. (laughs) Yeah. So I understand how to get trails built. I did not, was never formally trained in fundraising. So 
it's a really great thing that I'm passionate about this Yeah. because I ran a nonprofit before in Athens called Athens Made, and I was the first director of that nonprofit. And it was really a startup. It was something that I was learning. It was not something that I had come to know about um, until they hired me. And so I just wanted to figure out how to fundraise with that new nonprofit. And it was really hard when it wasn't my idea. I loved what they were doing, but it wasn't my idea. No, I can, I can understand that. And then once you kind of have something that is your passion, it lives in your brain and your heart, you don't really need to have training in fundraising. You just figure it out. You just talk to people with that heart and they get it. So you, you apply for the grants yourself. There are grants. Uh, yeah. I mean. Is this all grant funded? Yeah. I mean, if that's a rude question, I apologize. You, no, it's not. It's um, it's not a rude question, and maybe it's not all grant funded. We're really hopeful that we'll be able to find a foundation that will be able to write, you know, a million dollar check, a three million dollar check. Well, Mary, you're looking at three hundred fifty to four hundred million dollars. Right, right. That's wow. Right, and we hope to have the trail finished by twenty thirty five. So that's a lot of fundraising and a little bit of time. When did it start? I started this back in 2019, a week after I gave birth to my third child. <laughs> I had a baby in my lap and pressed launch on the website. And so every time I look at my four-year-old, that's exactly you know how exactly old the trail how, is. Well, yeah. <laughs> every time he has a birthday, it's really the trail's birthday, that's, too. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. You can't beat that. And I, I do know, as far as the grant funding, um, I do apply for the grants. Like right now, the grant that I'm applying for, it has to be the applicant has to be the county, but I know the county doesn't have staff for that. So I do the application with agreement from the county. They review it. Right. I'm doing all the legwork. Oh, absolutely. And then we know that there's funders out there that can write big tra- checks to get trails done. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the right audience. No, I, you know, believe me. I have a podcast studio. I know, I know all about that. that right, <laughs> no puns intended. That right audience. Right. So we're four, almost five years into this. Where are we at? Right. So I get phone calls right now, just random phone calls from all over the United States. People planning Do trips. You really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> People are planning trips to Georgia mm-hmm. and they want to ride their bike. And so they'll say, can you tell me where the trailhead is where I can get on the Georgia High Low Trail? And I say, oh, I am really glad that you think that this trail is built. I mean, I, I feel like marketing wise, I've done my job. Yeah, I would say you um, have. Somebody has. Yeah. However, this this trail is only in my brain at this point. We have just started in February of this year concept planning with the PATH Foundation. So as a landscape architect, you know, I was spending lots of hours four years ago on maps trying to figure out how this trail was going to get where it was going to go and exactly what properties it was going by. And I kept asking all my friends in the trail world, and they said, you've got to hire PATH Foundation. They know what they're doing. They've built over 300 miles of trails in the past 30 years. They're the experts. If you have a difficult property owner, or an issue or you need somebody to go to a meeting with you to kind of help figure some things out, they come with you. So we um, have been talking to them for the past three years. It took me three years to fundraise $120,000, which was their quote to do an eight-county master plan. Right, put the plan together. That's right. And so we started, I I finally was close enough to that funding to, I was 10% away from that 120. And so my board said, yes, we can go, let's start. And so in February, we started the concept planning. We are just going to be finishing that 
in November. We thought it was going to be six months, but it's taking a little bit longer. That's okay. We're going to have the documents we need for this grant application, which was our goal to get this finished, right? Yeah. So we are just completing our concept master plan. That's mm-hmm. where we are right now, applying for grants to get some model miles finished. If we do get this grant they're applying for now, we'll find out middle of next year. And then we're hopeful we can get some concrete on the ground winter of 2024. Awesome. I like it. It sounds to me as you go through this journey, you're going to have some great community partners. You know, we're very fortunate at Northeast Georgia Business Radio X. We also have great community partners. One of our great community partners is Chubby Hippo Signs, specializing in commercial signage that helps your business get noticed with many types of indoor and outdoor visual communication products. Jeremiah and his team can provide everything from a yard sign to digital printing and everything in between. Commercial pole signs, monument signs, electric message displays, you name it. Visit ChubbyHippoSigns.com. That's ChubbyHippoSigns.com. Turn your dreams and ambitions into successful business. And while you're at it, visit our new website, NEGABRX.com, to see all our great community partners. Mary, you still there? I'm here. Nice. Got to pay bills. You know all about that. That's right. Okay, so we're going to have some concrete on the ground. What, uh, about a year? Ish. A little over a year is is our hope if we get this grant. And also, I was thinking about playing Powerball. (laughs) Then I could just get the whole thing paid for in one big chunk, you know. I think it's at $800 Yeah, really good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, really, really good luck. (laughs) I wouldn't advise that, but I know nothing. Right. I'm just a podcast host. I know. My husband said, you've never played the lottery. Why would you do it now? I'm like, I'm I'm just, you know, pulling at strings over here. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. It might be a good time. So you're going to have a ribbon cutting, you think? Something going on? Yeah, definitely. I know an MC guy who could MC You do. Event. Great. I'm just saying. I put myself out there. Yeah. We're going to have lots of ribbon cuttings. You know, because the idea is... That's true. The, every segment. That's right. And the million, I mean, the the mile, the model mile in every community, you know, that's... It's not just eight counties. There's about 19 communities in the eight counties. Because, you know, some counties have two towns, three towns. So there's a lot of small towns. And at the heart of the Hilo Trail, you know, it would be so easy for us to just go out in the country and just take the trail along back roads. And But at the heart of our trail is we want to reinvigorate our small towns. And so as we go through these communities, we want to hit those downtowns so that hopefully the people who are using the trail will be locals. And then the people who are traveling through will come spend the night, eat dinner, buy coffee, Maybe a brewery will start up, even though we found out that's not so popular in some communities. That's okay. Maybe we'll have an ice cream shop. That's fine. Or both. That's right. I like both. So, I mean, 19 initial model mile ribbon cuttings, and then each time we add on, you keep going. Yeah, I can see that. You you bike, especially if you are a cyclist, you bike a few miles, you grab something to eat or drink, you bike your way back. Right. Let me guess, no golf carts. No golf carts. Yeah, I wouldn't let them on there either. Yeah, and four-wheelers. That's a big question because, you know. Yeah, well, some of those things are faster than cars. Right, right. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And they turn on a dime. And so part of one of this grant that we're applying for, you know, you have to have um, maintenance and security. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you have to have that plan. And I really appreciate that as a landscape architect. That's what we think about a lot. And that's a question we get at our community meetings. We were traveling around the state this summer, talking with locals. How do you want this trail to look? Uh, where do you want it to go in your community? What's the spot? You know, what are the highlights in your community that we need to hit? So it wasn't just me and the Path Foundation coming and saying, this is what we're doing. It was, 
We want to bring this to your community. Do you want it? If so, where do you want it to go? So it's a community-driven sort of thing. Right. And then with the security concerns, you know, they're the ones who say, well, this is an issue in our community, and how are we going to solve that? So it's all coming from the community. And again, building partnerships. Right. You mentioned something, again, I never thought about. Maybe a difficult property owner. Mm. You're having to acquire 200-plus miles of land property. Yeah. Um, You don't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, we're going to pave a concrete path right through here. Do you foresee that being a hurdle? No, let me rephrase that. Do you see that being a a large hurdle that could almost be defeating at times? Right. That's going to be tough. We had a community, well, those community meetings this summer. You know, I knew what I was in for because when I was, my senior project at UGA was a trail. And my first community meeting, I thought that the people who hired me had already talked to the community members. So I go, it's along the Ogeechee River. I feel feel like I was kind of set up. I go to the meeting. Sounds like you were, yeah. And people are really upset. Yeah. And they're looking at me. And that was when I was 20 years old. And so I've known from the outset of this, I mean, it might be easier being president than building this trail, but I'm still going to do it. Absolutely. And so these community meetings this summer, you know, same thing. You hear the same concerns, each community. And the Path Foundation said every single trail they've built in the state of Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, they hear the same concerns. And it's just a matter of taking everyone's concerns seriously and then getting the truth out there Mm -hmm. and getting ahead of suspicions and all the worries. So, you know, A big worry is that this trail might be an eminent domain. So you're just going to come through, cut my farmland in half, and you're just going to do what you want to do? No, ma'am. And so we're not those people at all. We can't do eminent domain. We wouldn't do eminent domain. And so we want to work with those property owners that want us. Mm -hmm. And that's why right now building these model miles in those population centers Go ahead and showing people what this is, right. who we are, so they trust the process. And then having people reach out to you, like we have in Sandersville. We have a lady who owns a 640-acre piece of land. She reached out to us, and she said, I want this trail to go through my property. Wow. So right there, we have a mile and a half. Thank you. And there's our model mile that we're applying for for this grant does, fund. Does she have a million or so dollars, too? She does not. Darn, no. darn. <laughs> That would be perfect. You would, other, name it, you would name it after her, that segment. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a dream and that's a really great piece to sh- tell people that's already happening. And then I just keep coming back to some of those other communities that think I'm an outsider and explaining, listen, I'm ninth generation from Washington County. Our family moved there in the late 1700s. I'm doing this because I want my small town to be here for my children and my grandchildren. I want them to have something they're proud of to come back to that makes small businesses, you know, be successful. Once I kind of stand up and explain that's the heart of this thing, people say, oh, I actually didn't realize that. I got to imagine, though, especially your background, the landscaping background, you're actually going to be improving some properties. Right. If not all of it. Right. Yeah. In Sparta. Some beautiful landscape. I I envision some beautiful stuff and I don't even know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, and you you just reminded me of something. I um, was just talking to a reporter from the Atlanta Journal Constitution yesterday. They did an article on us earlier this month and he was calling to catch up. And I 
had mentioned in this grant, you know, what this trail is going to be, it's always been a dream of mine for four years, is to make the entire 211 miles a linear arboretum. So okay. a certified arboretum. And so you only need about 25 feet of corridor with a 12-foot wide concrete trail in the center. You've got room on each side to plant native trees, put signage up. It's an education piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're creating this greenway. And he said, why didn't you mention that? I would have you know, put that in. I said, gosh, there's so many pieces to this project that, you know, I can't remember all of them. I was at the about to say, time. you're going to miss them from time to time. That's right. Yeah. But proper layout of landscape is also a security issue or That's not, right. not, I'm sorry, solves, solve, helps solve the security issue. Right. Well, and I went to college right after 9-11 and security design was a class, it should be. As far as the landscape design it's goes. It's super important. It is. And so vision, how, you know, the eyes on the street. Mm-hmm. And so I always come to a design process like that. No blind corners, curves, whatever you want to call it. Nothing to quote unquote hide behind. That's right. And as a female, I don't go on training rides by myself because I only ride dirt roads. I really don't like to ride on paved roads. But I don't go ride by myself because I know I'm not big enough physically, strong enough. If somebody wanted to take me and put me in their car, they could, right? And so I'm always thinking about, I won't do that on a dirt road. Okay, how do we interact with trails? And we want our children out there and how to make it safe. And so I come at this planning from a licensed landscape architect, from a mom of three, from somebody who's passionate about small towns. Like, I've got my heart in it. Apparently so. I believe you. All right, now we've got something big coming up, do we not? Yeah. I'm about to ride my bike. Other other than building 200-some-odd <laughs> miles of a concrete path with gorgeous landscaping surrounding both sides of it, other than that, I mean, that, yes, that, that little thing you're doing, what else you got coming up? So I'm training right now, along with about 150 other people, crazy people like me, to ride our bikes 285 miles from Athens to Savannah. Wow. It's the Athens to Savannah ride. And next year will be the 25th anniversary of this ride. I did not start this ride. This was started by a guy in Athens, Ken Sherman. And then he came down, uh, he was diagnosed with leukemia and he's fine now. I mean, he's recovering, right? And he's back on his bike and he's a friend. Um, We keep in touch and he sends out emails every morning at like 6 a.m. to the whole Athens and whoever else community of, hey, this is the ride we're doing today. So he's still very much in it. But when I started the High Low Trail four years ago... I thought, gosh, you know, that Athens to Savannah ride would really be a great fundraiser, but it's taken. So I kind of dismissed it. And then I talked to my friend at um, Georgia Bikes, Elliot Caldwell, who used to be the director. And he said, actually, Ken, I think he's going to give that that ride up. He just, it's too much right now. And so I called him and I asked him, could I take over the ride? And he was just the best in that situation. He said, I'd be happy for you to have it. He gave me the logo, a thousand email contacts, and he's been my biggest supporter since. Nice. So we're doing that ride. And his vision lives on a little bit there. That's right. And he's still here to support it. And he still has me on his email list, but that ride is coming up. We've kind of turned it into our own. Now it doesn't take, it used to be only two days. It used to be only paved, kind of the fastest way to get from Athens to Savannah. But because we're a fundraiser for the High Low Trail, we follow into all of those communities that the High Low Trail is proposed to go through so that the riders will be able to experience and understand and see, and the communities see us already 
putting investment into them. So it's it's mutually beneficial, but we follow the path of the high low trail. It takes the road riders three days, 285 miles. So when I say road riders, that's paved roads. And then the gravel riders, myself and you know, a hundred other people, we will ride on dirt roads from Athens to Savannah. Wow. And this has been a lot of scouting in my mom van. I really, if there's a sponsor out there that has a four-wheel drive truck, I need one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on these rutted out dirt roads in the middle of nowhere. In her van. In my mom van with very low clearance. And so I have scouted this route, um, proofed it last year by riding it with seven other people who believed in me. How about that? And now we- They must have. (laughs) No, no, really. We're going to ride 100 miles a day on uh, dirt paths that I uh, found just driving around. With this lady who I don't know. You say that out loud. That's a jump. That's a leap of faith. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And so this year, that gravel ride was by far the most popular. So we went from seven riders last year on the first go. We now have 75 riders signed up, and we think we'll get to 100 gravel riders for this year. 100 miles a day, though. Well, the road riders go the, 100 the, miles. Yes, they, I'm stuck on that. I'm yeah. sorry. And then the gravel riders, we actually take four days. So the road As riders take should. three days. As you should. And the gravel, you just physically cannot go that fast on these roads. And so it takes us four days. I think the longest day is about 87 miles. That's close to 100. Yeah. That's really close but to But that's 100. like getting you in just before dark. At least me. I'm very slow. I'm telling you, me and you, we, we could have a race. Oh, uh, yeah, you'd win. <laughs> I yield. I quickly yield. Something before we get out of here, we've been going for like 25, 26 minutes. Before we get out of here, Kids Bike League. I saw that on your website. Right. I want to know a little bit about that. So Kids Bike League is a really large program. Uh, we started out, the idea was when I started four years ago, We started in April of 2019, and then two months later, with a two-month-old baby, I got out in a hot parking lot with 50 kids, that baby in a backpack on me, and I thought I was going to teach 50 kids how to ride bikes. I had a bike mechanic in Sandersville who fixed up these old rusty bikes. We brought the bikes out. It was me and two other volunteers, and we thought we were going to teach these kids how to ride bikes, and that was our first effort in, let's show people where our heart is. Let's go ahead and start serving these kids, because this trail is not going to be ready for them. Like, these kids are going to be parents by the time this trail's finished. It's a good chance, yeah. And that's not fair. These kids need a safe space to ride. Kids used to ride on the road when I was little in Sandersville. We would all ride on the road before cell phones. But now it's just parents don't let their kids do that because people aren't paying attention with cell phone distraction. I wanted to create some trails, get the kids out on the bikes. Well, those 50 kids, they showed us because they already knew how to ride. And they told us, we just need a safe space to ride and the bikes. We already know, you know, we're teaching each other how to do this kind of thing. But, you know, my mom, we don't have anybody to mow our grass. The grass is too tall. Mama won't let me go outside and ride my bike because she thinks I'm going to get on a snake. And so it really, and and a lot of these kids we had to go and buy shoes for at that first year. I mean, these are the kinds of kids that we serve as the ones who otherwise would never have the chance to get a bike until they were older, buy it themselves maybe. Maybe they don't have a parent who's investing in them. And so Kids Bike League is really our heart and soul of getting that next generation out there to learn how to ride bikes on mountain bike trails because that's kind of cheap to create. And so I'm out there literally with machetes and loppers creating. I designed the mountain bike trails in eight counties across the state. I cleared them myself or got other people to help me clear them. And that was all last year. And so now we've been running Kids Bike League. We expanded to eight counties with a grant from the founder of MailChimp, 
uh, he and his wife, uh, the Chestnut Family Foundation. Yeah, so we're we're running that, and that's a that's a that's a big project too. So I've got three big projects: Kids Bike League, the Athens to Savannah ride, and then actually building the Georgia High Low Trail. That's enough. It's a lot, and I have three kids and a husband. <laughs> that's all uh, enough. Enough. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, if you'd show a little more passion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm so kidding. And how do people get involved with this? I know there's a website. I've been there. It's actually pretty good. You did a good job with it. But how do people get involved? They want to ride a bike. Maybe they want to donate. Boots on the ground. I don't know. Help talk, us. Talk yeah. to me. Talk to me. Help us share the story. I've found that that's the biggest help right now is as much as we can get this story out there. If you go to our website, we have a documentary. You know, share what we're doing because that's we need to get in front of uh, foundations and grants that will help pay for this. And so really, if people ever hear of any kind of funding that would go for this sort of thing, either getting kids on bikes, getting kids in the outdoors, building trails, infrastructure, infrastructure for small towns, send that our way because I'm only one person. I'm an unpaid full time, 60 hours a week on this trail. And we really need funding so that I can put all of my effort into this and really get the high low trail done by 2035 what's the website georgiahilo.com that's georgia spelled out h-i-l-o.com georgiahilo.com you're on facebook linkedin that's right instagram instagram youtube georgia hilo how's that appear on if you just type in georgia hilo on youtube and instagram and facebook it'll get you there perfect what is the best way to get hold of you, though, through the website? Yeah, and my email is hello at georgiahilo.com. Hello at georgiahilo.com. And, folks, I want to throw it out there real quick. I just joked earlier that if Mary showed a little more passion, ha-ha, this young lady drove two hours to come do this interview. Because Sand- Sandersville is what? Southeast-ish of Augusta. Yeah, I always tell people... Or southwest, I'm sorry, southwest-ish of Augusta. If you put a dot in the center of the state, it lands in Washington County, Sandersville. So we're halfway in between Macon and Augusta. Down Highway 15, all my Athens friends, whenever they're going to St. Simons, they honk the horn and call me. <laughs> Lovely. I hear you. Yeah. I love going to, uh, to Savannah. It's funny, Athens and Savannah are two of my favorite places to be. That's right. Well, you can now ride your bike there. I don't ride bikes. Next but, month. But, you know, <laughs> when, when I can, or when, when, when we can, I want to emcee the, the ribbon cuttings for you. Yeah. That'd be fun. Mary, thank you for coming in. Thank you for the opportunity. Is there anything else we need to hammer home real quick? I just, you know, any opportunities to get in front of a crowd, um, to tell the story, I am really open to those opportunities. Tell the story. That's why I drove two hours. You know, any opportunity for us to tell our story. That's what she needs. Well, Mary, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Great job. They're going to play my, oh, they are playing my music. That means I got to wrap up. Hey, folks, check out GeorgiaHilo.com, GeorgiaHilo.com. Mary Charles Howard, a lot of fun to hang out with, very passionate about what she's doing. Another great episode. Hey, I'm Tom Sheldon. We'll talk to you soon.